Welcome to What's Next, Hornet Global's podcast that puts members on the mic for thought-provoking, profession-shaping conversations and commentary. In this episode, Victor Vizgaitis, Senior Principal and Architect, and Colleen Barrett, Senior Associate Interior Designer at Sasaki, discuss the importance of incorporating employee experience as well as company culture into workplace design. Thanks very much, Victor and Colleen, for speaking today with Cornet Global. Thanks for having us. Victor, your team at Sasaki recently completed the interior architecture and design at Akamai's global headquarters in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Can you speak about the background of the project and how your team got involved? Sure. Um, you know, Akamai is a very interesting company. They are uh, actually a very large global company with significant impact on how the world works. They are a content delivery company. So something like a third of the world's internet traffic actually runs through them. So they have a major impact on, on everything that we do. Uh, but they're surprisingly unknown, particularly here in Cambridge. Uh, they're actually scattered across six different building locations in the Kendall Square area. Uh, they've been growing for the past 20 years or so, coming out of MIT, and they finally got to a point where they realized it was time that they needed to consolidate their operations, uh, not just from a standpoint of real estate efficiency, but from building company culture, trying to show the world who they were, uh, and trying to work more efficiently. So that was really the, the, the background of the project. Like, let's come together, let's make ourselves known, uh, let's work together better, let's, let's build a stronger culture. They went through a really long and interesting and I would say very creative process of bringing on a design team. Uh, we went through multiple interviews, multiple proposals. None of them were like your typical RFP. They asked some very probing questions, some very interesting detailed questions about culture, about how we would work together, about what the nature of that relationship would be. Um, and so even though it was, I would say, longer and more drawn out and probably more challenging than usual, it was actually incredibly rewarding. And I think went a long way to making them feel comfortable that they'd be working with a team that would truly represent who they are, that they felt fit culturally, not just experts who could do the project from a technical standpoint, but someone who would truly get them uh, and actually be able to help take them into the future. Okay, great. Also, what were the main goals for this project and what was Akamai trying to accomplish with the new headquarters design? Yes, yeah, so I, I think in addition to those real estate concerns about trying to consolidate portfolio, uh, about trying to be more efficient about how they work, how they, how they got product to market, how they interfaced with their clients, uh, a big part of this was because they were scattered across six different sites in Cambridge, they felt very disconnected from one another. Uh, one of those, you know, people in one of those buildings didn't necessarily interface with people in another one of those buildings. Or sometimes people would have the tendency to use an email or to jump on a phone call because the weather wasn't so great that it didn't feel like walking across the street to meet with their colleagues in person. It wasn't facilitating culture and business the way they wanted to. So throughout a, a really early visioning process that was very in-depth with them, uh, we, we sort of helped them come up with this vision statement for the project, and that was to connect the world, uh, we must first connect to each other. Right? They connect the world. That is the core of what they do. They're helping people to use the internet um, to, to deliver uh, information faster, quicker, more secure, uh, more reliably. 
but they weren't necessarily doing it with each other. So that was that was the real goal, what they were trying to accomplish. And it set up really everything that we did going forward from that, all, all the goals of the design, how people were gonna work together, how we were gonna think about the office space, how we were thinking think about future, how we were gonna think about brand. Uh, everything came out of that statement. And it was actually fairly remarkable that over the course of the, well, I guess probably three and a half years that that project took to design and execute, uh, that really held true and became their their guiding star of how they were going to to get to the finish line. Uh, a big part of that was also how they were going to facilitate the employee experience, what it was going to feel like for a person to work here, not just around real estate, uh, around real estate, but also how they were going to recruit and retain talents, uh, how the public was going to see and recognize who they are. Uh, and, and, and around that statement of we must first connect to each other, how Akamai was really going to finally have kind of a truly branded workplace experience that would be unique to who they are and, and help show themselves off to the world. Sure. Okay. Well, certainly the workplace experience is very important to big companies like Akamai these days. Absolutely. And that's a fascinating, fascinating bit of background you shared there. You've covered this a little bit already, Victor, but can you discuss your relationship with Akamai throughout the design process, and were they heavily involved in the design decisions? Yeah, I, I can touch on this. I'd like to Colleen to weigh in on, on part of it because it was actually uh, also very unique uh, and very in-depth. Akamai has a great company culture of trying to solicit their employees' feedback. Um, it is not a just strictly top-down kind of thing. They're very interested in what their employees think and how they can contribute to making this a better workplace and a better company culture. And so it was a huge part of this. This, this started at the beginning with a massive visioning session that we did for almost an entire day. And I think at one point we had 100 people there where we were trying to get initial feedback on what, what does it mean to work at Akamai? What does Akamai feel like? Uh, what do we want to be doing better in the future? That then translated into a process uh, where we had 25 to 30 representatives of Akamai, the different departments, the different groups, uh, they call them the, their Akachamps. These were really meant to be representatives of the entire office and responsible for not just giving us feedback about the design, we would meet with them every four to six weeks and give them updates, not just to give us feedback, but actually to be responsible for taking what they learned in the sections back to their teams and reporting back to them. So they became uh, not only important for us to understand what was going on, but actually evangelists for the design of a project and helping keep their entire 2,000 person local population informed, as well as their broader 7,000 employee population globally. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to add on a little bit of, of what Victor was saying that, you know, because this process has been, you know, close to three and a half years in the making, there was just a lot of time on this project. So providing those regular Champs meeting um, every um, other month was really important to keep people engaged within the design, keep them up to date about what's happening. And we started that very early on and continued that actually all the way through construction so they could understand about what's happening on 
on the site this month, you know, what, what you're going to see across the street next month, because they could just look out their window across the street and see what's happening. So there was a lot of curiosity. And as engineers, they really wanted to understand what was happening. So going into that level of detail um, was really imperative for the success of this project. Um, but to kind of switch gears on the furniture, um, because 2,000 people were going into the, the building and it, many of them would be in workstations, um, and because they were coming from six different buildings with six and more different types of workstations and kind of everyone going into the same one, there really had to be a lot of engagement because no employee is the same, no one works the same. So we had to get an understanding of different behavior types um, rather than the role in which you had at Akamai. So getting to the root of, you know, I'm at my desk 90% of the time, so I need a lot of privacy. I need to be able to do focus work versus someone who's away from their desk 50% of the time versus someone who works only in the office two days a week. So we spent a lot of time with groups um, talking to them about how their people work and then coming up with design solutions from a furniture standpoint on how the workstations can best support the tasks that they're doing at that moment. So we went through multiple iterations, multiple rounds of mock-ups. We did a whole survey where we incorporated GIFs so we could show people how to use the workstation, collected all that feedback, and ultimately came back with workstations that would allow flexibility and customization to suit into each individual need um, of every user. And then we also provided a variety of ancillary or um, lounge seating scattered throughout the building that can support work and collaboration and social aspects that ha need to happen away from your desk. Um, but this was a, a very long iter iterative process that um, we met regularly and had a large group of people and providing that feedback back to the employees uh, was something that was very important to the leadership team and I think ultimately a success. Um, as I, you know, we walk through the space regularly now, people are regularly using all those different kind of lounge settings. Okay, fantastic. My next question, as a design team, you developed a unique structure to run throughout this building. Can you tell us a little bit about that feature and why you found it important to incorporate? Sure. So let's let's start with the second part of that question. You know, one of their big concerns in moving from six different buildings into one uh, 19-story tower was that by going vertical, were they going to wind up being just as disconnected from one another uh, as they were in the past? You know, the people on floor three were never going to see the people on floor 17, and they would have the same problem just in a different site. So. Early on in the process, this was very much about collaborating with their real estate team and, and with their broader employees to uh, do everything right from the beginning, look at multiple design concepts of how space was going to be realized here. And one of the solutions that we came up with, which is ultimately what that team helped to select and bring to reality, um, was a connected path that started in the lobby of the building on floor one, moved all the way up to floor 19, which wound up being the, the, the cafeteria at the end of this path, and really looped through the entire building. I think we wound up incorporating an additional 11 or 12 connecting stairs. Uh, this is where all of the collaborative space, all the social space, all the community space, basically anywhere you would go to interact with another person would, would happen. Um, 
And interestingly enough, in, in that first session, we were talking about these big grand design ideas. For one reason or another, we had decided to measure the length of this path. Uh, and we found out that I think it was it was 10 feet short of a mile. Um, uh, just well. as, a, as an interesting random fact at the time. <laughs> and uh, I, I wish we could take credit for this, but, but it was actually one of the Akamai team uh, immediately came up and said, it's the Akamai. Uh, and, and, and that was it. That was, that was the brand for this space. And it, and it has been for three and a half years. Um, it, it's what they talked about. It is the the design idea behind the entire project. And so the Akamile is not just, it's not just a word. It's not a, it's not an architectural dec decoration. It very much becomes the organizing element, not for a particular floor, but for the entirety of the global headquarters. The idea that there is this singular common thread that runs throughout the entire building that connects everybody that no matter where you are, you can see and you know that's where I go to meet my my fellow employees. That's where I go to collaborate to get work done together. Uh, that's where I go to relax and blow off steam a little bit. And because it is so connected, because you have all of these stairs scattered throughout the space, you have the idea that you can actually walk from floor 19 down to floor one, not have to get in the elevator and always be connected to your, your coworkers. Um, but also has a series of destinations throughout. So the best coffee in the building, they've got a fully staffed barista coffee bar on the third floor. If you want that great cup of coffee, that's where you go. Not to say that there isn't coffee elsewhere in the building, but that really good cup of cappuccino, that's where you go. Or if you want to play ping pong, which is very big in the culture, you go to uh, what we call the arena on the eighth floor. Uh, if you want to sit down and play video games for a little while with one of your coworkers, you go to the lair on the 17th floor. Um, there's a couple of libraries. There's a quiet room. There's the cafeteria up on top of the building. Uh, there are all these different destinations throughout and, and attached to the Akamile. And this is a way of driving movement through the building. So the idea that we can organize space, that we can signal where collaboration is going to happen and socialization is going to happen, that we can get people up and moving, that we can connect that person on 17 to the person on floor three um, becomes actually everything in, in the building. It's, it's the way of trying to provide an architectural solution um, to all of their sort of functional organizational, uh, social, cultural challenges that they wanted to achieve with this project. There's a lot more detail to it as well. Colleen, do you want to talk a little bit about how we approached brand with the Akamile? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we, it starts with the color palette and actually starts right with the first floor. When you walk in, um, you're immediately in the Akamile, as Victor had mentioned, and you'll notice that um, the texture is different. The flooring is different. It's warmer. You'll see shades of wood. You might see cork. And then adjacent to that, outside of the Akamile, you'll see that it's a much more neutral palette. You'll see um, kind of simpler finishes. But as you walk through the space, 
the first three floors are the Akamai orange, and then the top three floors, 17, 18, 19, are Akamai blue. So you start with the brand and you end with the brand. And it was important for that to happen because there's more client um, visitor focused spaces on the first uh, few floors. And then the top floors where the cafeteria is, is more democratic space. It's not, it's not owned by one specific group. Um, they gave the best views um, very purposely back to the employee because that culture is so important. So they wanted everyone to be able to enjoy that space and the best views. Um, and then the floors in between are actually a color exploration between the orange and blue. Um, we didn't want to attach that to any of their kind of secondary marketing colors because we didn't want that attached to any specific um, program team that works at Akamai. So we really wanted it to kind of be democratic. And also doubles actually as a great wayfinding tool. You know, if you sit on one of the orange or yellow floors, you know it's in the lower third of the building. If you sit on one of the green floors, it's in the middle. And if you sit on one of the bluish turquoise floors, you're at the top third of the building. So coming from buildings where it might only be, you know, three stories or six stories where you could kind of easily navigate where you were, coming to a 19-story tower could be very overwhelming for some of their end users. So being able to identify the floor that they sit on with a color and understand what the gradients are in between based on their brand colors was actually a really great tool for us um, to kind of get the employees on board and be able to navigate their building uh, when they move in. Okay. Well, I love all these design features and particularly the Akamai. <laughs> That's outstanding. <laughs> Next question. As a technology company that manages internet traffic, I can imagine that Akamai was focused on technology within this design. So can you speak to any of the new technology that you implemented throughout the building? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, it, there's a couple aspects to this. One that I think is very important is the fact that the, the idea of sustainability and well-being was very important to Akamai throughout this project. And it goes back to the idea of, of how they interact with their employees, how involved their employees get. Um, and so while the, the base building you know, actually pursued lead, Akamai chose to instead pursue well uh, for the interior of the project and really focus a little bit more on employee health and well-being. It's, it's still meeting a lot of those lead goals and standards in terms of building performance, but puts a lot more emphasis on how people exist in the building and, and, and what the building is going to do for them. So there was a fairly rigorous process around, as relates to well, uh, around smart building, um, how lighting and uh, HVAC were going to be able to be controlled by individuals, how people were going to be able to navigate um, throughout the building, look for their meetings, find their coworkers via their smartphone, you know, all of this being able to handle, be handled off of their phone uh, in the project, how they were going to be able to connect back to their internal communication system, understand the different events that were going to go on uh, over the course of the day, see what rooms might be booked, how they might book rooms in the future. The idea being that they're going to be able to give more control over the physical environment to their employees on an individual basis. That, that was huge. Uh, I think it's something that continues to evolve because it's a, it's a big experiment, but, but really, really critical. Um, 
a second part of this is they are, as I said, a global company. This is their headquarters. This is where, you know, a majority of, uh, or I shouldn't say a majority, probably one of their densest locations in the world in terms of population, but they are working in global teams. Somebody in, Cam in Cambridge might be on a team that is connected and being led out of their office in Bangalore uh, or in London or in Santa Clara. And because of that, they are connected all the time. They're always on video conference calls. And I think as we all know, uh, one of the big challenges still today for whatever reason is being able to A, find a conference room uh, where you can actually make that kind of call. And then if you are lucky enough to be able to do that, being able to actually get the system to work. Um, so the Akamai's IT team and AV team were involved in this from day one. And every single meeting room in the building, and I think there are over 300 of these, mm. uh, is actually video connected, has video technology in it. Uh, they went through a significant trial period to get systems that would be essentially single touch to be able to join their meetings. And for all we've heard, I think it's actually been incredibly successful so far. It's a big part of how they operate. Um, back to the well mission for a second, uh, transparency and natural light is very, very critical to that. So while they've got all these meeting rooms that are video conference enabled, we wanna get a lot of natural light to the space. They're all glass fronted. We are letting light through the floor plate as much as possible. You can imagine though with all this technology that also sometimes creates privacy concerns or, or challenges around confidentiality. Um, instead of going to the traditional model where you put a, a opaque glass film on interior glass storefronts and sort of defeating the purpose of transparency at that point, uh, we worked with a relatively new film technology uh, that is transparent to the eye, but actually blacks out uh, digital monitor. So you can look into the room, you can see the people who are in that room from the outside, but you can't actually see what's on the monitor, uh, which is pretty cool. It just looks like the monitor is off. This is also uh, one of the main centers of, of their technological hub. Um, and because of that, they've got a major network operation center and broadcast operation center here in the building. Uh, it's actually sort of right at the center of their customer experience. And so this is a, a curved wall of monitors, roughly 120 feet long, um, probably eight feet tall. So I think NASA style control center uh, that highlights and showcases what's going on around the world in terms of internet traffic, number of attacks uh, that they've helped to fend off, um, how the Olympics is being broadcast at that time or the Super Bowl. They can see and they can control this. Uh, it is a 24 seven space. Uh, that is operating constantly and is an amazing sight to behold. It's a, it's a really incredible thing to walk into and I think gives the public, employees, customers a really critical sense of just the level of involvement and the importance of what Akamai does into helping the world function today as it does. Um, Colleen, anything to add there? I think you got everything. I think the only thing that maybe we could add would be um, the the custom interactive chandelier that we have at, mm. right at the front door in the lobby that's actually visible from the outside. Um, and this is actually an illuminated fixture that 
pairs with an interactive table right in the lobby. So if you were a visitor coming in and you don't know anything about Akamai and you're getting that kind of customer tour, you can start right there in the lobby and you can play with the interactive table um, and it can speak to the light fixture that will change colors um, depending on what information you're looking to get out of. So for example, um, on the ceiling, incorporated with the light fixture is actually um, a kind of unfolded map, abstract map of the, the world. Um, and each one of these lights hanging from a particular part in the world um, is where they have a server or a particular um, area of importance to Akamai. So if you wanted to learn about an attack that happened in 2017, you can pull that up on the interactive table and you can see, visually see how Akamai used its servers and its employees to control that attack and mitigate it, for example. Or you could see how there was really high traffic volume um, because there was a soccer match in Argentina or something like that, you know. So you can actually see how Akamai Akamai uses its technology to help um, the flow with the internet and what they specifically do there. Um, and I think that's a really powerful tool and it's something that you're immediately greeted with. Um, if you were just walking by the street, you could see that illuminating throughout the day and it, you know, it, it kind of draws you in like, what do they do there? Um, and then you can walk up those stairs that leads you directly to that operation command center that Victor was just talking about. And you can see the people who are actually help mitigate those attacks and keep the, the traffic flow running smoothly. Um, so I think it's a really great storytelling tool that um, was very important to Akamai um, and getting that message out um, to make it really clear what they do as a company. Okay, fantastic. If we could pivot back to design for just a moment, um, we hear so much these days about open plan versus uh, you know closed offices and so forth. How does that line up with the Akamai solution? In other words, uh, how does what you guys have done with uh, with the Akamile um, fit in with that whole that whole concept and that whole debate. That is a great question. It was actually remarkably central to the whole design process and the interaction with the employees. Um, you know, of the the 2,000 employees that are in this building, I would say roughly half that population are software engineers. Uh, and so, you know, what they do during the course of the day is they spend their time coding, uh, which is a task that requires incredible amounts of focus and attention to detail. Um, and so one of the big concerns that we heard going on uh, throughout the design process was we need space that has no distractions, whether that's visual distractions, audio distractions. Uh, we, we can't have people sitting next to us talking to each other all the time. Uh, you know, and, and it really raised that question of are we all going to get our own private offices, which, which, which they did not have before, but are we going to get our own private offices? Are the cubicles all going to be really, really tall? How can we be assured that we're going to be able to do our work? And I think all of this attention in the media that has been put on open office is the result of uh, largely two ways of, of thinking about the open office environment. One, um, probably the older school, you know, think back to the 80s when it, when it first started up, um, is the idea that you, you, you exist in a sea of workstations, right? You might as well be in a parking garage full of cubicles. And as far as the eye can see, it's just 
wall-to-wall desks with no interruption and there's no relief and you are sort of part of a factory, which I think everybody can agree is is not a positive experience. The way that has swung, which would be the, the, the second approach to this, uh, the way it's swung recently is really focused on the idea of collaboration. Uh, instead of it just being a sea of workstations, uh, it now tends to become a, uh, a mishmash of workstations and open collaborative areas. The idea, which I think definitely works for some organizations, uh, being that you sprinkle in lounge seating, collaborative ta- tables, uh, media stations, into the open office environment. So it's very easy as an individual to get up from your desk and go sit down at a communal table and work with your team. And like I said, there are absolutely settings where that works, but there are clearly settings where it doesn't. The goal here was try to find uh, something that was gonna be a happy medium of serving those people who really needed the opportunity and the ability to be social and be collaborative, while at the same time not shortchanging those people that really were all about focus um, without going to cubicles that were eight foot tall or private offices for everybody, which was not going to be a reasonable real estate solution. And so the idea of the Akamile was to really take that second option and, and turn it on its head in a way and say, all right, we're not going to sprinkle in the sofa seating and the, the, the high top table seating, those lounge chairs right next to, to someone's desk. We're actually going to take all of that collaborative space and we're going to locate it within the Akamile. And that the space outside of the Akamile is going to be for your individual desk, for your individual office. It's going to be where you sit to do your quiet, focused, head down, heads down work. It doesn't mean that teams can't talk there or can't collaborate there but we're not gonna put those big lounge seating areas. We're not gonna put those big collaborative tables out there. We're gonna put those where people intentionally want to go to collaborate. And so the idea that, as Colleen said, you can see the Akamile from anywhere on the floor because of the color, because of the material palette, that is a clear signal of where do you go to do this collaborative work so that you're not disturbing your coworkers and that everything outside of that uh, Akamile, that social area, is where you are there to get your focus work done. So that on top of uh, reacting to the, the, the first original open office solution of the big sea of workstations, within those individual desk areas, we worked really hard to make sure that those were always divided up into smaller neighborhoods. So you're never sitting in a group of people that's more than maybe 20, 24 uh, people together. You, you, you never have the really long, expansive desks, uh, but instead you feel like you're part of a smaller neighborhood, a smaller group of people. It feels a little bit more manageable, uh, a little bit more comfortable, and a little bit more human-scaled. It doesn't feel like you're part of this big machine. Uh, sure, it sounds really good. It's okay, been interesting so far. It sounds like it's been pretty successful. Great. And now as we wrap up, I have two final questions for you. One is, what does your Akamai project mean for the future of design? And secondly, how do you think it may influence you in upcoming projects? Colleen, you want to start with this one? Sure. Um, I mean, I think kind of building on actually what kind of Victor just talked about, when we think about the the future of workplace, and that's, you know, kind of specifically what my focus is, I really see that what we did for Akamai 
as a success story and how we can approach design. Um, you know, I firmly believe that the design of your space should embody who your company is as a culture and what you aspire to do and where you want to take the business. Um, I mean, this was a company that a lot of people didn't know about and they were secluded. They weren't together. They weren't um, kind of having those opportunities to forge new relationships and build collaboration um, and work together in a new way. Um, but having them all under one roof and organizing space um, for them to collaborate all together and then get away to focus individually who knows what kind of new things they're going to solve for, for the, the next kind of um, the new technology that we don't even know exists yet. Um, but allowing them, allowing us to create that space for us, for them and reinforcing who they are as a brand and what they do every day and supporting that company culture of allowing, you know, that the engineers who have a very specific way about how they need to work with people who don't necessarily need to work that way, um, kind of all work together under one roof is pretty, pretty special. Um, and having such a large expanse and such a large project of almost half a million square feet um, of testing that out is, I think, really important. And I think for me, what I plan to bring in all my future projects with each client, because each client is unique, you know, really getting to understand who they are as a company culture and then having this space to reinforce that. And I would just add to that, you know, I, I think it's been really interesting, the, the, the conversation we just had about the open office. Um, in the world today, I think a lot of these issues that are actually quite nuanced and quite complex tend to get boiled down to the soundbite, and it's this or that, and, and that's it. It's either a good thing or a bad thing. Um, I think working through this project, um, collaborating with Akamai really closely to kind of truly understand who they were and how they needed to operate and how they needed to exist as a culture, uh, you know, the idea that there isn't, there isn't, the answers are not quite so black and white and that something like open office doesn't have to be bad just because we've lumped all open office into one category, uh, but that actually design can be a solution to things. And I think maybe sometimes we have forgotten that things have gotten commoditized or, 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 or turned into just a, an object or a feature um, instead of a real thought process. And so I, I think this has been a great example for us internally, but I think also with Akamai and hopefully with the broader design and, and workplace community of no, just, you know, it needs some more thought, it needs some more experimentation, it needs some more trial and error to see how you can actually realize a solution to a problem instead of just taking everything for granted. Uh, Akamai has been great about working with us and really looking to us to help lead them to sort of new frontiers and what design might mean uh, and how it can help shape the future of who they are. These are these are massive investments for companies. They shouldn't be taken for granted. Uh, they shouldn't just be done as quickly as possible and using, you know, quote unquote, the best practices, uh, but really deserve some time to think about things uh, and truly design solutions. Exactly. Well, this is very exciting and congratulations, uh, uh, Victor and Colleen, on what you and the Sasaki team have been able to do with and for Akamai. Again, this is a uh, uh, a facility that I'd love to tour at some point. It sounds very, uh, very exciting. 
we would be happy to host you, Tim. Uh, thanks for the opportunity. You know, like, like I said, it's been an amazing experience working with Akamai on this project. Incredibly gratifying, and um, you know, for, for me personally, I can say truly one of the, the the best things that I've ever had the opportunity to work on. Outstanding. Okay. Well, thanks again for sharing your insights with Cornet Global in this podcast. We appreciate it very much. Our pleasure. This concludes this episode of What's Next. Want to record a podcast of your own? Have an idea or point of view you'd like to share? Visit cornetglobal.org to learn more.